God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And I'm joined by Leonor Kubota. Hello, Leonor. Good morning, Scott. So we have a lot going on there. We got an uh, impeachment 2.0. So we First president in history to be impeached twice. Yeah. And uh, we're, we are taking names. Uh, Kinzinger comes to mind, right? Kinzinger, um, that was a... A dude from Florida, a real rhino. Uh, Liz Cheney, Herrera Bootler, uh, Representative Kako from New York, Representative Kinzinger. Uh, says here from Illinois. I think that I got this information, and I'm not sure. I think I think Kinzinger's from Florida, right? Um, Representative Upton, Newhouse, Meyer, Gonzalez, Rice, and Valadeo. Kinsinger is from Illinois. Okay, so he's right. Okay, so this guy had it right. Um, and this is, uh, I think this is an incomplete list, um, but I, I, it was the information I got. And uh, this information, uh, mainly, I think, Kinsinger and Cheney, but everyone on that list, we're going to go after them. We're going to go after them, and we're going to hunt them down and find a, a candidate that actually means what they say, say what they mean, uh, that are going to support the Trump agenda in 2022, in 2024, in 2026, 2028. We're not going anywhere. We're going to basically be done with the rhinos. It's pretty simple, isn't it, though, Leonor? I mean, what is wrong with the... There's nothing wrong with the uh, Trump agenda. No, and you know what? A lot of people, the surveys that have come out since last week, still support Trump. I mean, right. well, uh, when you have not, when you have the Trump, uh, you have the Trump uh, supporters. Ninety-two percent of Trump supporters think he should be the twenty twenty-four Republican well, candidate. I'm not giving up on twenty twenty yet. Yeah. So, well, the survey just talk, asked a question about twenty twenty-four. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they love Trump, and what's not to love? I've said it since day one, since before day one. 
that Trump is the most conservative candidate and president that we have ever seen in the history of America. More than Reagan, more than Nixon. Uh, he is the most conservative. And by that, I mean, he's the most pragmatic. And I, I really believe that being pragmatic and being nimble, being quick, thinking on your feet, uh, are all part of the Republican uh, ideology. And let's not forget, he had no personal self-interest in being president. He donated his salary. Every single other recent president has been financially enriched by being president. President Trump uh, has will ultimately lose money by being president. Right. Well, and natural, not, not only that, but you know, going out. His book deal is going to be outrageous. That's going to be the biggest book deal on the planet. Yeah. But um, de Blasio has already uh, cut contracts with the Trump organization yeah. to cut him down $17 million a year he's going to lose. Yeah. $17 million. Well, you no. know what it is, and to your point, there's going to be, there are going to be all those organizations that are going to say, I'm not going to do business with Trump or Trump entities. But then, as we, you know, as we saw with the election, we've got all those millions of people that voted for well, Trump. There's going to be all these other businesses that will. And then they tried to defund him uh, with respect to his, uh, his um, campaign financing. But then you just told me this morning something that was pretty crazy. Yeah, I saw that since the election, Trump's super PAC has raised $150 million. Now, I don't know how much of that may have happened in the last week. But the point is, there is still a momentum and a support for the president. Look, again, we've said this over and over again. Nobody supports the violence that happened last week at the Capitol. Absolutely nobody supports that. But you cannot say that th- that Donald Trump has not been a successful president on so many fronts and for and furthermore you cannot silence all of these people that are still out there and they're you know they're looking for a home they're not going to be home at home at feel like themselves with the traditional Republican party when you see how many of the traditional Republican party have already turned on the president to me you know this is like uh, the last supper with Jesus and they've and you know in the Comparisons have been made a lot where, you know, Mike, Mike Pence has been referred to as Judas. So all these other people have been referred to as uh, having betrayed the president. And, and and again, nobody, you know, nobody is above the law. We get that. We He did not incite violence. He, he has re- repeatedly said, even in the original speech, which you reminded of me yesterday, it said peacefully protest. He said that, and then he later reiterated it after the incidents happened. So nobody can claim that Donald Trump was uh, responsible for an act of insurrection. This is just a bridge too far from the liberals, and you have the other side that is going to call them on them, and they are calling them on it. We'll soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard today. To peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard today. To peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard today. We will see whether Republicans stand strong for integrity. So they um, hired Eric Swalwell, the guy who is in bed with China, literally. 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 uh, Fang Fang. (laughs) Hijacking the egg roll, right? (laughs) Yeah. Big roll buffet, right? Um, but 
you know, the uh, idea is that they promote them instead. Yeah. You know, and that's the same thing that uh, the Democrats have done with just about every other criminal, too. All these criminals from the Obama administration um, are getting these sweet appointments and they're getting rewarded for their crimes. Um, but <clears throat> you see there, he clearly said peacefully, right? Yeah. And patriotically. If that's a crime, I don't know what is. You know, I can remember um, Eric Holder saying, kick him. Uh, I remember, uh, you know, all these different um, clips from Maxine Waters, uh, you know, doing her thing. And you just got to wonder, it's like, what, what, why do we have these two standards? The other thing is, what's the motive? And, uh, and you know, the, the issue here is that... I was going to, well, I have a couple of clips I'm going to play. But, you know, I uh, was just thinking, Maxine Waters, that was who I was thinking of. She, I had a clip for her, but, you know, we we've But we remember it. it. Yeah. We remember this, the clip, to your point, where she told people that if they saw a member of Congress or, you know, from the other side in a restaurant, uh, they should yeah. attack them. Like, you know, you remember how horribly people treated former press secretary Sarah yeah. Huckabee Sanders? Yeah. I mean, why was that okay? And, well, I mean, come on. I've come to the conclusion that this whole hoax... Because it's a hoax. It's been a hoax right? for five years. And I've come to the conclusion this hoax was designed to, uh, uh, coordinated with the censorship, was designed to keep Trump from actually pounding away at the election fraud. And so far, nobody's talking about election fraud. And election fraud just happened in Georgia. Yeah. And we're not allowed to talk about it. And if you mention it, you get flagged. And... When Trump gave his um, statement yesterday, Trump gave a five-minute statement, yeah. and we're going to listen to it now. And what's missing here, so it's it's like because Nancy Pelosi was going through her impeachment hoax 2.0, yeah. they had to actually go back and revise the impeachment uh, because it wasn't his speech that was inciting violence. It was somehow along the way, speeches way back, they had to dig up. You know, so that was the other part is they had to revise what they were doing. And then you got the other issue where you got the FBI coming out with a statement that said that that uh, the um, attack on the Capitol was actually planned and pieces were put in place days prior, days prior to the attack. So how in the world then can you use the speech that he gave on the ellipse? Mm-hmm. to use that as the inciting of violence, which is what the impeachment clause was all about. Yeah. The, the impeachment uh, uh, articles were all about, yeah. right? So to have Republicans go on record, Liz Cheney and Kissinger and Upton and Newhouse and Mayer and Gonzalez and Rice and Valadeo and uh, Butler from Washington, Catco from New York. It was ten. It was ten Republicans who joined yeah. all two hundred and twenty-two Democrats. So, so the final vote was two hundred and thirty-two to one hundred and ninety-seven to impeach. So we're going to attack those people for from now until they're out of office. Those ten Republicans are going to be under attack by yours truly, and uh, we're going to do our best to expose them for the fraud that they are. You cannot do with that. You can't do that. 
even the first impeachment, you know, Mitt Romney, you know, for crying out loud. And the other part is this. Not one House of Re- uh, Republican voted for the first impeachment, but yet 100% of the Democrats did. That's because they never split. If, they're, if they deviate from the plan, they get in big trouble. Whereas the Republicans is a, have been and, ha, and continues to be a house divided. But I don't see how you can look at that speech where he says peacefully and patriotically you, you, protest. You, you can't. I don't know how Kinzinger, a, a uh, veteran, I don't know how he could um, say that he fought for our country and, and not realize that what he was trying to defend was the, was the Bill of Rights yeah. and the freedom of speech. Right. I mean, I, I want to ask Kinzinger and I want to ask Lynn's changing. What in the world have you been defending all these yeah. years? If, because if you don't have a right to actually um, object. So here it is. They commit voter fraud. Right. They commit world class, unprecedented voter fraud. Right. And then the natural reaction is what? What do you think happens after 80 million people are disenfranchised from their vote? 80 million people are disenfranchised from their vote because of unprecedented, obvious, easily to figure out voter fraud from the Dominion voting machines and from all these affidavits and eyewitness testimony. And we have had friends on our show actually say they witnessed in Philadelphia the fraud. They weren't allowed 25 feet um, from the uh, uh, people that were actually throwing out the uh, signature verification evidence. And there was no signature verification. There was no video surveillance in Philadelphia, apparently. And all these different things. So people can't complain. So what, what would be the obvious thing? 80 million people have a winning candidate against the guy that can't string two sentences together that's as corrupt as the day is long. They can't fill the circles can't hold a rally, is not ready for prime time. And then you got Donald Trump, the best president that ever lived. And you put the two together, he gets the most votes of any sitting president in the history of America. And somehow he loses in the middle of the night to this fraud that was uh, exploited by these fake virus, this election infection, this scamdemic, this COVID thing, where the masks don't work, that asymptomatic people don't spread, that the the virus doesn't spread on surfaces, and that masks don't work. That's what we've been told by the same scientists that actually want to endorse the draconian shutdown and collapse our economy to hurt Trump's economy and to hurt the morale and spirit of our country, and then exploit it with mail-in balloting. If these people were so down and out, well, they certainly got a lot of energy to vote. You know, it didn't make any sense. But what's the natural reaction? Think about it. Let's ask that question. And the natural reaction, Leonora, would yeah. be, hey, I'm going to go out and protest. Yeah. I'm going to protest this wrong. And sure enough, what happened was they go and protest. And next thing you know, they infiltrate the protesters yeah. with actors and Antifa members and again, you type in Antifa.com. It used to go to JoeBiden.com. Now it goes to BuildBackBetter.gov. And they donate to Act Blue. And so does the Marxist group Black Lives Matter. Donates to Act Blue. 
which all gives all of their money to Joe Biden. So to coordinate an effort paid for by the corporations that put Black Lives Matter down their stupid basketball courts, yeah, and NFL puts uh, resist resist your the urge to be a racist mm-hmm. in their end zones. You know, I know you can't control yourself. You're a racist. But when you walk into our arena, we're going to help social justice and help remind you that racism and lynching are bad. But the only person that got lynched in my lifetime was Jesse Smollett. And he did it to himself. Uh, Yeah, he did it to himself in the middle of the night, in the middle of the cold winter. In Chicago. And, you know, the thing is, so the natural order of progression would have been, we know we've been robbed. Nobody seems to be wanting to do anything about it. The judges won't act, uh, and uh, the politicians are lying to us. We know that we were robbed. You could just see it, and we know it. We know that there's no way that a guy like Biden could beat a guy like Trump. It's just obvious. And so we protest patriotically and peacefully. We protested, and we were then infiltrated because they knew we were going to protest, they organized their Antifa to infiltrate, to plant bombs that never went off, but to plant them just to give the idea that this was really dangerous, and then to invade and in, uh, break open the Capitol building to where real patriots saw the doors open. And by the way, on videotape, you got the Capitol Police escorting them in. And you also have the Capitol Police on videotape waving them in and opening the gates and causing confusion and welcoming these people. You know, the uh, girl, Ashley Babbitt, yeah, was shot by a black guy in a suit wearing cufflinks at point blank range without any warning or notice, just shot the girl dead. They won't release her, his name. Yeah. wonder why that is. Oh, by the way, when I was in D.C. the other day, there's a bus shelter near Farragut Square that has a big uh, poster, you know, a big display saying that, they're, you know, the FBI is seeking information about the Capitol bombing. I mean, it was such a prominent poster you couldn't miss it yeah you know it's it's pretty frightening oh, and, and i only bring up the that the guy was black because the girl was white and the civil uh civil um rights uh wing of the justice department's looking into it you know that's why i brought that up but you know it's it's um unfortunate that people lost their lives but the capitol hill police uh that their, their chief I resigned because there was a lot of foul play. There was a lot of shenanigans. It looked like the Capitol Police were in on it. It looked like there was a video where they were being handed weapons from Antifa guys, and then they were handing them to MAGA people. And it was a, you know, there's no doubt that real patriots and MAGA people walked in. And in fact, they were doing selfies with Capitol Hill Police. Hey, could you take a picture with us? Yeah, you know that kind of thing. It was it was not violent. And there's another video I have, where the um, MAGA people knocked over a trash can and they picked it up and cleaned up the trash off the floor and right. put it back in the trash right. can. Yeah, that's inside the Capitol building. These were not insurgency people. Yet somehow they managed to impeach. And Mitch McConnell, for the only reason I can explain that he is actually endorsing impeachment, is. 
is because he's he's uh, kissing the ring and and getting on his knees in front of uh, Chuck Schumer for whatever reason. I don't know what he's doing yeah. down there, but I guess it's because Chuck Schumer has some goods on him and could probably shut those Chinese shipping lanes down for his wife Elaine Chow, whose sister Angela Chow is the CEO of the Foremost Group, who does all their business in the China Sea. And that was, that was a company that was founded by James Chow, the, the father. So, you know, that's what's going on there. Let's take a listen, though, and let's ask ourselves why it is that President Trump has to cow down to people like Nancy Pelosi and mention unity and peace and we all need to get along after they burn the house down, after they punch us in the face, and after they do all of these untoward things. Uh, with regard to impeachment hoaxes and complete, total, utter BS. He has to, he has to then now throw out an olive branch and be the take the high road. He's the one that they're actually trying to destroy. They're trying to defund him. They've silenced him on social media. They've taken away his... Uh, and by the way, Jack put out a like a 10-part threaded tweet yesterday. Jack Dorsey. Yeah. Complete bogus, all full of lies. The guy is just absolutely, he ought to be thrown out on his keister. Because, you know, um, one thing is true. Anytime you are a CEO of a corporation that's gone public, you have a fiduciary duty to your shareholders to actually make money for them. And what that means is, when you say fiduciary duty, you mean that that is the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal, the fiduciary duty of your responsibility is to always side on the error, error on the side of making money for the shareholders, the investors. And he did not do that when he canceled and deleted Trump's Twitter account. Yeah. And they've lost 5% market share, like billions yeah. and billions of dollars they've lost for their shareholders. And I have a feeling that they're going to be firing Jack Dorsey sometime in the near future. Um, he is not capable of running a business, not with that nose ring in his face, <laughs> you know. So, but you, here he is, Donald Trump, giving out an olive branch and trying to make peace. And never once does he mention election fraud. And there's a reason because they would have said. But then he had to go ahead and mention election fraud, and that's antagonistic. There's no evidence that election fraud ever happened, blah, 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 right? Yeah. That's what they would say. That's what they would say, yeah. But we know that election fraud happened. All you had to do is listen to Giuliani and Jenna Ellis and all of their mathematicians and scientists and people who signed affidavits, and we know several of them that signed them. Yeah. Some of them are lawyers, and they would be disbarred if they lied on, on an affidavit. So... We know that there is legitimate voter fraud. And, and shame on the Supreme Court to not hear the Texas case. And, and shame on the courts in general for not really taking in all that was delivered to the state legislatures. And then I say shame on the legislatures for not doing the right thing and decertifying their elections until the investigation was complete. But let's go ahead and move on. Yesterday, President Trump, in the Oval Office, gave this five-minute statement to the country. My fellow Americans, I want to speak to you tonight about the troubling events of the past week. 
As I have said, the incursion of the U.S. Capitol struck at the very heart of our Republic. It angered and appalled millions of Americans across the political spectrum. I want to be very clear. I unequivocally condemn the violence that we saw last week. Violence and vandalism have absolutely no place in our country and no place in our movement. Making America great again has always been about defending the rule of law, supporting the men and women of law enforcement, and upholding our nation's most sacred traditions and values. Mob violence goes against everything I believe in and everything our movement stands for. No true supporter of mine could ever endorse political violence. No true supporter of mine could ever disrespect law enforcement or our great American flag. No true supporter of mine could ever threaten or harass their fellow Americans. If you do any of these things, you are not supporting our movement. You are attacking it, and you are attacking our country. We cannot tolerate it. Tragically, over the course of the past year, made so difficult because of COVID-19, we have seen political violence spiral out of control. We have seen too many riots, too many mobs, too many acts of intimidation and destruction. It must stop. Whether you are on the right or on the left, a Democrat or a Republican, there is never a justification for violence. No excuses, no exceptions. America is a nation of laws. Those who engaged in the attacks last week will be brought to justice. Now I am asking everyone who has ever believed in our agenda to be thinking of ways to ease tensions, calm tempers, and help to promote peace in our country. There has been reporting that additional demonstrations are being planned in the coming days, both here in Washington and across the country. I have been briefed by the U.S. Secret Service on the potential threats. Every American deserves to have their voice heard in a respectful and peaceful way. That is your First Amendment right. But I cannot emphasize that there must be no violence, no law-breaking, and no vandalism of any kind. Everyone must follow our laws and obey the instructions of law enforcement. I have directed federal agencies to use all necessary resources to maintain order. In Washington, D.C., we are bringing in thousands of National Guard members to secure the city and ensure that a transition can occur safely and without incident. Like all of you, I was shocked and deeply saddened by the calamity at the Capitol last week. I want to thank the hundreds of millions of incredible American citizens who have responded to this moment with calm, moderation, and grace. We will get through this challenge just like we always do. I also want to say a few words about the unprecedented assault on free speech we have seen in recent days. These are tense and difficult times. The efforts to censor, cancel, and blacklist 
our fellow citizens are wrong and they are dangerous. What is needed now is for us to listen to one another, not to silence one another. All of us can choose by our actions to rise above the rancor and find common ground and shared purpose. We must focus on advancing the interests of the whole nation, delivering the miracle vaccines, defeating the pandemic, rebuilding the economy, protecting our national security, and upholding the rule of law. Today, I am calling on all Americans to overcome the passions of the moment and join together as one American people. Let us choose to move forward united for the good of our families, our communities, and our country. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless America. And in that uh, statement, he did not mention once anything about election fraud. And that is exactly what their objective is. Yeah. Their objective is to cut him off and silence him on social media. And also, and they did this immediately after the Georgia vote. Right. And the Georgia runoff. And the reason why he didn't mention election fraud you know, as you and I were discussing off air, was because then they would accuse him of Antagonism. agitating or something. Agitating, yeah. being antagonistic. And it's like, yeah, he should have just kept that tone. But then he added in the, you know, the uh, the election fraud. And 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 that's well, where he went wrong with you his know, speeches. That, that's what they would have said. That's what they would have said. But the point about the election fraud is, and, and, every, and a lot of people have admitted even if they do not agree with the level of election fraud, that there was fraud and that our our election processes need to be overhauled. And that is what he was talking about. He was talking about that, you know, the fact that we need, you know, we, we, we cannot let a fraudulent election come to pass. And that's, you know, the, those are the tea leaves that we seem to be seeing is that this has been accepted. Right. Well, you know, I was very disappointed in Mike Huckabee. Mike Huckabee says Trump has sullied his own good reputation. So former uh, Arkansas governor, former uh, presidential candidate, Mike Huckabee, we have to be honest. The last he says this, this is what he says. We have to be honest. The last month has not been a good one for President Trump. He has sullied his own good reputation. Huckabee said in an interview with Just the News, John Solomon reports, and instead of using the last few weeks to celebrate the successes of his administration and make the country really wish he was still going to be president, I think some of the rhetoric and some of it wasn't all his fault, but still he's being blamed. And the net result is people are going to be glad that he's not on the stage creating the kind of uh, Creating the kind of the discord. Uh, I guess that, that's the way it's written. But I said this. I said, I disagree with Mike Huckabee, who, know, who now says Trump has sullied his own good reputation. It's true that wrestling with, and I said this. Okay, this is my yeah. comment to that. I said, it's true that wrestling with liberal pigs will get you dirty and not help you look presidential. But what kind of country are we if we can't stand for our beliefs? You know, if you can't just stand up and fight for your beliefs, for your truth, what is true? 
if you can't stand up to that and you can't speak, right. what kind of country are we living in? You know, election fraud happened, folks. And no matter how good they were at cheating and lying and stealing right. and deceit, and no matter how mean and vicious they are, uh, we have a right to fight back. They would love it if we would just not fight, that we would put a muzzle on our mouths and tie our hands behind our backs. But you know what? America wasn't built that way. And I, for one, am a fighter. And I'm going to fight. Now, I know that Donald Trump is going to fight to the last second. That's why he signed this Insurrection Emergency Act, yeah. which is... Um, you know, uh, kind of an interesting um, uh, deal. I think it has potential for being somewhat of a, a, a big deal. And that, that it's, um, it has a lot to do with China, but there's, there's more to it. It says, under the International Emergency Economic Powers Act that Trump signed yesterday, now, this was an act that was passed in 1977. It allows the president to declare a national emergency to deal with an unusual and extraordinary threat to national security, foreign policy, or the economy. And in a letter uh, to the speaker and to the president of the United, uh, of, of Vice President Pence, yeah. the president of the Senate, Pursuant to the International Emergency Economic Powers Act, the National Emergencies Act, and Section 301 of Title III United States Code, I hereby report that I have issued an executive order taking further steps to deal with the threat posed by the People's Republic of China, PRC, increasing exploitation of United States capital, not capital with an O, but capital like yeah. buildings and stuff, to resource and to enable the development and modernization of its military intelligence and other security apparatuses, which continue to allow the PRC, the People's Republic of China, to directly threaten the United States homeland and United States forces overseas, including by developing and deploying weapons of mass destruction, advanced conventional weapons, and malicious cyber-enabled actions against the United States and its people. They declared this country to be a developing nation by foot, right? Yep. Through the national strategy of military-civil fusion, the PRC increases the size of the country's military-industrial complex by compelling civilian Chinese companies the ones that Hunter Biden was dealing with, for example, mm -hmm. to support its military and intelligence activities. Those companies, through remaining ostensibly private and civilian, directly support the PRC's military, intelligence, and security apparatuses and aid in their development and modernization. At the same time, they raise capital by selling securities to United States investors that trade on public exchanges both here and abroad, lobbying United States index providers and funds to include these securities in market offerings and engaging in other acts to ensure access to the United States capital. In that way, the PRC exploits United States investors to finance the development and modernization of its military. To deal with that threat, I signed Executive Order 13959, 
on November 12, 2020. Executive Order 13959 prohibits certain purchases involving publicly traded securities or any securities that are de- derivative of or are designed to provide investment exposure to such securities of any communist Chinese military company. I wonder what kind of impact this is going to have on Mitch McConnell's wife. Yeah, really. <laughs> those And she was the head of transportation. Yeah. You know, um, those companies are ones that the Department of Defense has listed or will list pursuant to Section 1237 of Public Law 105-261 as amended or are identified as Communist China military companies or their subsidiaries by the Secretary of the Treasury. Now, the former executive order related to this expired on the 11th. Right. Then on the 12th, uh, they kicked in some... uh, they put uh, on the 13th, they put this together. So it's kind of interesting that um, when Pompeo was talking to the governors, mm-hmm. the, he was talking to the governors and he was talking about the business deals that they're doing. Yeah. Like in Georgia, they had the Georgia business, uh, China, uh, .cn, Georgia business mm-hmm. .cn. Well, they all met, Governor Kemp met at the spy, uh, their spy embassy, in Houston, the one that was closed down, mm-hmm. Kemp met with the Chinese leadership, and they promised the world and investments in Georgia. And Pompeo warned them that they were in bed with mm-hmm. the enemy, and that their being in bed with the enemy actually uh, disrupted the kind of sanctions and tariffs and trade negotiations that were taking place during the phase right. one. So it had a direct negative impact on that. But, you know, um, that's what they're, you know, so this could very well play a part in some sort of a surprise event that could happen between now and the 20th. And I was told by a source that, you know, if Trump were to do something, it very well could happen closer to the 20th than, than closer to, you know, the new year. And the reason why is because it would it would pretty much keep them put them on put them on their heels and keep them keep the democrat party that's been in bed with china in a, what i would consider to be a treasonous way i believe hunter biden cr- created treason uh was involved with treason with the 1.5 billion dollar bow harvest deal because what he did with that money is he bought up companies that were military oriented companies that aided the Chinese military. And that was supported and serviced and passed by the CFIUS court. And on the CFIUS court, the judges on the CFIUS court are the cabinet members of the current administration. And in that case, that was the Obama regime. Mm -hmm. So you got someone like Secretary of State John Kerry actually endorsing and signing off on the CFIUS ruling for Hunter Biden and his son, his stepson Christ, Christopher Hines yeah on deals related to China while they were using Air Force 2 and government taxpayer dollars to facilitate these deals so there's that there's that exploitation there's that problem and by the way Hunter Biden never stepped down from the board that he promised he was going to step down yeah. from so there's another problem 
But, you know, there's a lot more to all this, too. And what they're, what's going on today and what's going on with the impeachment and what's going on with these rhinos is that they don't ever want Trump to come back and be president ever well, again. That's what the theory is, that they would rather try to find a way to silence him or to have him kind of fade away, you know, because there still is there still is a momentum there because you have all these people that are, as we've been saying, that are still upset about the results of the outcome. They're upset about last week and how they have been lumped into this uh, horrible situation. And, you know, and those people are not going away. Right. Now, let's take a listen to this. This is a BBC news expose talking about the impeachment. And listen to what this, you know, pundit, you know, think tanker, you know, when you hear the word think tank, you think smart people. Listen to this moron talk about why it is true, why, the true motivation factor as to why they're going through the impeachment, why they're de- trying to defund the Trump campaign, why they're cutting him off of social media and censoring him, and why de Blasio is trying to cut $17 million a year out of their their uh, business. Uh it's all to destroy the Trump brand. Why? Because they know they can't win is why. Because they know in the next couple of years, uh, we're going to really be pushing hard on getting rid of these stupid rigged machines. That this was a one and done uh, crime of the century that they pulled off. And they didn't get away with it yet. And there's going to be a lot of hell to pay, a lot of lawsuits, a lot of discovery, a lot of disclosure. And what you're going to have is they're basically admitting that they can't beat Trump. They're basically admitting that they got to get rid of Trump so he can never run again. If he was so beatable, why in the world would they worry about him so much? Yeah. But they're worried about him. They're worried about a Trump 2024. I'm actually worried about a Biden 20, so I'm fighting tooth well, and nail. that's what it is. They are worried about it. They, for, don't, they uh, don't want to say that, but they are. But I'm, I'm still fighting for Trump to actually get reelected. I mean, that sounds maybe not re- realistic right now. But I have sources telling me some things that, you know, give me hope and belief that something great could happen. A deus ex machina. Okay, you got to help me with that one. God from the machine. It's when you have a situation where something outside of the elements comes in and changes the dynamic. So it's uh, it, it's it's like you know your your situation is completely in- interrupted by some type of um, unforeseen event. Well, see, that's what happens when you have a, a co-host that has a master's in literature and an MBA. Is you always get outsmarted there, but I didn't well, know I wasn't that. trying to outsmart you, but I was just <laughs> I trying to say say that you know, and it's something they talk about in, yeah. in films a lot too. Is that you know, it, it, it's something that comes from outside of the norm. Uh huh. Wow. That, well, and that's why. Well, you said you kept saying. Well, this is one like, show host that's impressed. <laughs> All right, hey, let's uh, let's play this guy clip. This is interesting. So take a listen to this guy. He's talking about why it is they're trying to destroy Trump. <laughs> It's crazy. That fails. The Democrats this in the a, House. Will this is a BBC, hence the British accent. <laughs> start debating impeachment on Wednesday. But given America will have a new president a week later, now. it's an obvious question. What's the point of impeaching Donald Trump when he's out of office in, what, nine days' time? 
One is we need to set a precedent that if you lose an election, you can't just continue contesting it and trying to overturn the will of the people because there could be future want to be strong men who follow President Trump's playbook. And we want them to know that if they do, um, they will be sanctioned in a serious way. The second reason is that impeachment not only removes a president from serving, um, but it prevents them from ever running or serving again. So if you don't want President Trump to win in 2024, it makes sense to impeach now. Wow. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. So right? basically by impeaching him, he's already been precluded from. Uh, no, 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 no. That's got to pass to the Senate. Right, OK, OK. The, the impeachment means absolutely All nothing. Right. So what happened yesterday, by the way, it's every every January now we're going to have an impeachment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, last January, impeach, you know. this. Well, there year. actually already is a Republican that's talking about impeaching Joe Biden. Yeah, you well, can't even impeach him if he's not well, president. Well, you know what? I I'm all for it because if that's the if that's the way the pre- we're going to treat presidents now, then every president could get impeached for every little thing. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to impeach uh, President Trump for saying Marjorie protest- Taylor Greene says she will yeah. file articles of impeach of impeachment against Biden, if you're going to impeach Trump for a perfect phone call and for him to tell his supporters to protest peacefully, um. Okay, God help us, you know, but every single politician, whether it's Maxine Waters, you know, talking stupidly again or whatever have you. But I played this video clip or this audio clip. I played it yesterday and I want to play it again today because it was just I played I, I actually ran it twice yesterday. But, you know, Leonora wasn't with us yesterday and she's with us today and I want her to hear it as well. Um, But this one. I, I'm archiving this one. This one's one for the record books. This is one to look back on. This clip from one of the biggest morons on the freaking planet, and that's Juliet Kayam, a Harvard-educated dummy and a CNN analyst. I cannot believe that this woman has the credentials she has and can be speaking so ignorantly and so hateful and so vile as a Hitler wannabe, as this. This is probably one of the worst audio uh, renditions of hatred I've ever seen in my life. Charlie Manson has nothing on Juliet K.M. And let's just take a listen. I think what we have to remember is Trump is the um, spiritual, but I will also say operational leader of this domestic terrorism effort. He tells them where to go. He tells them what to do. He tells them why they're angry. Um, and so uh, we need to start at the top, like any counterterrorism effort, which is total isolation of the president of the United States. Impeachment, yes. 25th Amendment, yes. Deplatforming, yes. All of the above. No money, no access to campaign funds. A complete isolation, because as the leader of a terrorist organization is viewed as a loser, as a not winner, it is harder for him to recruit. Look, he's going to have his radical elements. We will arrest them. We will isolate them. Uh, But what we have to make sure is that Donald Trump does not have a second act. I know I sound incredibly harsh right now calling the president uh, this, but we are in the tactical response right now. Enough with the let's unity and stuff. This is a tactical effort right now to make sure that we protect American citizens and, of course, the next president of the United States. Whoa. Well, 
You know, I got I got to say this, you know, one of the most obvious things that she said right there was she referred to President Trump as being the leader of a terrorist organization. Well, uh, if she's saying that, then his followers, anybody who voted for him, by definition, they're all terrorists, too. And, and not only that, I mean, but, what a horrible, and, terrible and thing to say. She's referring to his followers as, as like being dodo brains do, that do, just follow anything. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're like Charlie Manson followers. No, th- what she's saying is <laughs> so damaging and so incorrect, it's it's scary. But, you know, it, but again, you cannot just call the president a terrorist because you don't agree with his philosophy. Well, we got John on the line. John, uh, welcome to the Scott Adams Show. Scott Leonora, good morning. Good morning. Uh, you know, as I said the other day, they're going to overplay their hand. They're already doing it. They can't help themselves. When you look at the comment, I don't know who I just, I heard the tail end of what Leonora said about whoever called President Trump a terrorist. Yeah, you pick a Democrat, I guess. Uh, no, this this woman but, is named Juliet Cam. She's a Harvard. She's be careful now. She's Harvard educated. <laughs> well, she may be a bum, but she's a Harvard bum. That's right. Yeah. Um, but you know they're going to overplay their hand, and with the tax increase that you know is going to come, as well as increased regulation. Remember, one of the things that triggered the Trump boom was the decrease in regulations on businesses. I remember hearing that from employers. And when they reinstitute many of these things, that will act as sort of a almost like a, you know playing football in a mudstorm. Uh, it slows down both offenses, right? When you got a big uh, rainy, muddy day, so you're going to see this really slow down businesses. Now, if you see a lot of that plus continued insanity on the coronavirus, I mean, we learn you know that those under 40 have a 1,000 fold less or lower risk than those over 65. <laughs> Their lives are being restricted now for going on a year. And it will probably be another half a year, if not a year, uh, with what's going on with the vaccines, especially if they feel they're not sure if they have to give you another one next year. There's going to be a lot of chasing our tail. So if there's a big economic drop-off, you see a guy then like Trump again, who is the Democratic boogeyman. He's the boogeyman for the Democrats. And a lot of this, what happens after these firestorms, is things, things calm down. They're going to try to make... Everything Trump did, the worst thing in the world. But even this, this Capitol Hill melee, will fade into the background. It's Even though I despise Lyndon Johnson, he had some good sayings. And I think he said about crises, put yourself, uh, be like a mule in a hailstorm, and put your head down, close your eyes, and wait till the morning. The sun will come up. And you'll see that uh, the enthusiasm for Trump doesn't wane among his supporters, and some of the negative feelings that are present right now will go away. And, you know, Scott, you made a great point about impeachment, and Mark Levin has said this as well. The next Democratic president, and probably going to be Biden, right? I mean, make make sure you impeach him. Now, I'm a little afraid because I don't like what's coming next because I think uh, Kamala Harris is uh, even less competent and more radical. But, you know, you impeach him, you preach him at the right time when it's really going to hurt him to say, you know what, if this is what you want to do. This is how I want to play. This is what we want to do. This is what we're going to do to you. Let me, because we saw all summer. I'm sorry. No, no. Let me add to that, though, because, you know, you mentioned Kamala Harris, right? Um, there's yeah. no one. I, I, I don't know anybody more evil than uh, Nancy Pelosi. I don't. I think she is probably the wickedest woman. Even her own daughter said she, her mom will cut, you know, refer to Nancy. She'll cut your head yeah, off and you won't even know you're bleeding. 
That's what the daughter thought of Nancy Pelosi. So I believe she is a wicked, thin-skinned, intolerant woman, right? I think she's absolutely vile and wicked mean like the devil in disguise. And so that's what I think of Nancy. And I think also Nancy is power-driven, and she gets what she wants, and she goes after it, and she is just a tyrant. And I actually think that Biden is child's play for her, and she did revise the 25th Amendment, and she will have Biden impeached in no time flat. And given the fact that Kamala Harris is from California, and Nancy knows everything about California politics, you better believe that Kamala will probably be impeached too for whatever dirt that Nancy has on her. Because Dan- Nancy's all about the game of compromise. And so who's left? The third person in charge is Nancy Pelosi. I would say that Nancy Pelosi is probably going to pip- turn her daggers onto Biden and Kamala and go for the presidency. And that's, I, mark my words, I believe that's going to happen. If that if a Biden ever becomes president. I, I don't agree. I think she's a third wheel. Uh, she She's not the kind of person who can handle it. First of all, she's 80-something, and intellectually, yeah. she's just not up to the job. I mean, you listen to her. She's like uh, Biden's wife when it comes to speaking. I mean, <laughs> some of the, her <laughs> sound cuts are, are bizarre. Yeah. And I don't think she can handle it. I don't think she wants it. She goes after Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris being half black, she'll have the... Uh, you know, the, uh, uh, the race caucus uh, rear its ugly head again and start complaining. I, I don't think that's what she'll do. But I do think they have a problem then. Because and we got, we, got one, we got less than a minute. She's not a bright woman. Okay, she's not a bright woman. She's just not smart. And she's not popular as well. Remember, she got 2% of the Democratic vote. She is, and then, if you recall, she, they, they almost pulled her from the campaign trail after, uh, as the campaign went along. Because she's a terrible candidate, which means that if they feel beholden to nominate her again in two years or four years, and Trump comes back, he can kick her in the tail. I mean, he can win. Oh, yeah. Whoever the Republicans run can win. And if it's not Trump, I like Ron DeSantis. I like Cruz. Well, let's but not, anyway, let's not get worse. I'm, you know, personally, I'm still fighting for 2020. So I, I don't even I, want to I think that far I ahead. Understand. But um, but well, I appreciate. I, 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 I want to. Well, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Real quick. Real quick. Well, I just wanted to talk about the massive hypocrisy. There's too much, uh, too little time to, to go over all the hypocrisy. But just the notion of what happened all summer with the thugs from BLM and Anti, uh, Anti, Antifa, and what they did. Two billion in property damage. The number of lives lost anywhere from 19 to 30. I've heard two different numbers. And they went out and praised these people. I have a friend who works for Accenture, right? You know Accenture. Yeah. And they send out these emails all the time, sympathetic to BLM and Antifa. And yet, we see all the violence. This hypocrisy was massive. And I do think what you're saying about Twitter is true. Eventually, we'll find alternatives. But that's a story for another day. And thank you, John. And thank you all for listening. My name's Scott Adams. My name's Leonora Cravetta. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody.